0: Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 455.
1: This week on the podcast, somebody forgot to tell Larry Hogan about the pre-exploratory phase of launching an exploratory committee for president.
0: Plus, CPAC audiences are looking to bring a Cruz Fiorina energy to 2024.
1: And Pete Buttigieg is a Maxinista.
0: Plus, Biden is in favor of DC statehood, except when they pass laws that he doesn't agree with.
1: And J.D. Vance is aspiring to become the socialist the Democrats won't let themselves be. We'll have all this and more. This is Brain Trust Live. Hey ladies and gentlemen and everyone else, I'm Brent.
0: I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com. Yeah. And we brought a special guest onto the podcast this week. Returning guest. Yeah. Sasha Mizell, who you may remember from our Supreme Court Roundtable. Yeah. Has decided to join us just because it's pretty right. new. You, jo-
1: you joined us in a very professional manner the last time, and I get the sense that's not what you're here for this time. <laughs> no,
0: I. <I've,
2: laughs> I mean,
1: you're still a professional.
2: I, well, that's debatable. <laughs> but I had a week, and I'm full of rage, and I needed to vent some more. And it yeah, was like, is, "Great, come this on." This is podcast. like a
1: rage space. It's We've just... had multiple guests on this show who have just alerted us to being upset about a specific thing, yeah. and this is a safe rage space.
0: This is where you come when you have a rage,
1: especially if it's about moderate Democrats, which is what it sounds like you're mad about.
0: Yeah. I'm always mad about, <laughs> about
2: So, yeah, I just... Oh, yeah. It's good timing because... What did I
1: say to you yesterday? Shit-talking moderates should be the, the new talk... The new Or does that sound that we're just like moderates who are shit-talking? Who are shit-talking. Though? I know
0: that... When you said that, I was like, we would need a more specific title <laughs> had, to clarify... It's in the early stages. Right. <laughs> we're, we're workshopping, were workshopping. A, a more specific title. Yeah. A less vague title than <clears throat> Brain Trust Life. But also, yeah. it should be implied that if you're a brain trust, then you will be shit-talking moderates because... <laughs> Any brain trust worth it, salt. I was well, don't have new political ideas, so yeah, they need a brain trust. They need a brain <laughs> trust. <laughs> yeah, or they need to be shit talked by one. Yeah. Um, also, we've potentially been driven a little crazy because the weather's been just insane and everywhere. <laughs> so it's
2: not just uh, us, but it's also no. the cabin a lot fever of us. is real. That's not helping anybody. I know. Right.
1: There was no pickleball played this week. No tennis played this week. No. We told you last week how we're the racket world's champions. leading podcast <laughs> when it comes to racket sports. Yeah. And we didn't get to play any racket sports. No,
0: this it's week. been outrageous. <laughs> It's been and and I've been feeling a little targeted by the weather because the weather choices have been incredibly specific around my pickleball schedule. Um, like yeah. the weather's only been bad on days where I was going to be playing pickleball.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've had a surprise like forty eight hours of sun, and then the hour before pickleball,
1: yeah,
0: suddenly so, it rains. a surprise rainstorm that wasn't even in the forecast.
1: And not being able to play our racket sports is really, I mean, it's almost on the level of like not being able to get to your home and have supplies and that's have right. like 12 feet of snow that's right which it's is what some people basically with the Melbourne same thing dealing with. it's almost the exact same thing
0: um but yeah <sighs> so if you live in the world then you've heard about the weather so yeah you know i think I guess, we're gonna we're sorry, supposed to, sorry I heard, to you
1: i heard somebody say that we're having one more atmospheric river like at some point in i know is
0: there someone like well <laughs> to be fair the really that i that heard knows, say it was Brent Thornburg. The people. <laughs> people brent's heard it from quote unquote people i heard it from brent thornburg that's enough to start a rumor by the way by the end of today the governor could be making a speech about this (laughs) that started with brent thornburg hearing from quote unquote people
1: yeah and that's That's
0: a lesson on political messaging from all of us (laughs) in any case um we have a a big announcement
1: big (laughs) announcement you guys my um 2020 second favorite presidential uh, <laughs> nominee from the Democratic primary, as we all know, Marianne Williamson. Fair. It's running again.
0: You and maybe a girl.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. She's, she's also a big Marianne Williams
2: Williamson fan. It. Yeah, of course. Oh, I thought she was running for president, and I was very seriously going to be like, no, uh, yeah. guys, she's running for Congress. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Let me educate you on the
1: <laughs> She yeah. a very
0: specific seat carved out that she was going for. <laughs> right. And uh-huh. it's not president. For the third, time. <laughs> for
1: the third yeah. time. Right. Yeah. Uh, not
0: Marianne.
1: I there's just no, love her.
0: There's no ceiling <sighs> to the Marianne Williamson aspirational... Listen,
1: I'm going to vote for her in this primary.
0: I mean, that's outrageous, but you do you. But why? I mean,
1: like, actually, why? Tell me why I wouldn't.
0: Because she's a televangelist.
1: Yeah, I know. But like, nobody else is going to run against Biden if he runs. What am I going well, to do true. show up and vote for him? I mean, I don't have to vote in it. But in a world, in a world where there are a two people running for president. No, no, you for have to vote, and, but like, you can, vote, ma-
0: for yeah, yeah. I, you can vote for anyone. Yeah. That's what I what. You could vote for anyone.
1: Yeah. What? If those, if those are the two people that are running in the primary, are you, I... Lila Nordstrom, here to tell me that you are not going to vote in an election? Because I know you better.
0: No comment. <laughs> What a world,
2: though. Imagine if those were the only two in the primary. They
0: won't be, you guys. There will be like a hundred people that are wrong. all fake and then Joe Biden.
1: Yeah, she's going to be...
0: Also, so she's, is that conceding that right. Marianne Williamson is a non-fake
1: candidate? Well, I was about to say, like... Yeah,
0: I think she's non-fake. She was in presidential debates in the last cycle. Yeah. I think yeah. she's a fake debate they'll, they'll
1: keep her out of this. Or Biden, or, too. or they'll ignore her this time around. Like, because mm-hmm. she'll probably have enough... There will be enough people who will say that they're going to vote for Marianne yeah. Williamson in a poll that the DNC will probably just change the rules, or Biden will yeah. just be like, "I'm not going to de- debate this woman," which yeah, like was, is maybe what I would do if I were him. Sure, totally. If we're being honest with ourselves, but yeah. um,
0: no, I believe wholeheartedly that she has at least ascended into the echelon of candidates where she was a candidate for president, unlike many of <laughs> the people who will be running if Biden chooses to run again. Also, just a note to the Biden world: he doesn't have to, but we can figure it out for ourselves. Don't worry about us. Don't worry about us. Let him, go, let him go play us. with
1: the dogs and the grandkids. And yeah, them. when is he
0: going to have time for his grandchildren who he loves more than anything on earth? I know. It's really know. unfair to him, if you think yeah. about it, Anyway, to make him run.
1: I watched a lot of that speech. I didn't finish it because I ran out of time and Energy. energy. <laughs> Um, although I liked a lot of it. She had some good lines. She said that right now we're in the midst of an atomizer spray of economic justice, implying that it's everywhere. Injustice. 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 <laughs> Excuse me, right? <laughs> she said we have a government of the corporations, by the corporations, for the corporations. Huh. Oh, and then my intro to this podcast. Anytime she was making a very specific point that she was proud of herself, she would say, ladies and gentlemen and everyone else. So that's you know what? where you've know People you have been me. asking
0: what to do about ladies and gentlemen recently. They have? And well I mean, I've answers. been telling
1: them that you can't do it because I... Right. Don't think that you can.
2: What <laughs> if it's just inclusive? What if we just say it's ladies and gentlemen implying that those are the two ends of the spectrum and everything in the middle oh. is just included? Oh, I see. Ladies, in, ladies in an to gentlemen? Ladies to gentlemen. As in an and or situation. Yeah.
0: Ladies yeah. ladies or gentlemen. Ladies or gentlemen or... Yeah. Lady, I think ladies to gentlemen is nice. Ladies to gentlemen. <laughs> I like spectrum. that. That's good. Ladies to yeah, gentlemen. Yep. That. That's that. everyone yeah.
2: else. No, yeah, you don't need the everyone no. else. Everyone <laughs> else is somewhere
0: else.
1: Yes. Right. Also, she talked for like 25 minutes and I am... Fairly certain that she did it without any notes. I mean, clearly it was she's a speech. She's a professional that was written for, televangelist. Right, that's she what be Lila able keeps reminding I was like, I don't think she has a teleprompter. And she had like a clear, you know, podium right. that she was at. So there were definitely no notes there. And Lila was like, like, like well, this is what she did. Like, she's a professional she <laughs> right?
0: talk giver. That's she's, she's a talk giver. Literally all she's ever. We went to see Bernie Sanders on Friday and he spoke extemporaneously for an hour. But on that a was variety a, of topics. That was a little bit
1: more manic though. <laughs> it was,
0: was well, a pretty manic. Uh, <laughs> he, he
1: would say something, and then he would like. There would be like a two second break, and then he'd be like, "Oh, and there's also a chapter right. in the book about this." So it was just like wherever his break, whatever chapter he could remember was what he told us about.
0: It made me wonder if I should be barnstorming the nation, giving one hour extemporaneous speeches, because it was very similar to something I like to do, which is just talk for an hour on a series of connecting but not fully connected. <laughs> <to others. laughs> I mean, I hate to make this connection, but that was our president for four years. Uh, I- <laughs> That's true. Well, that's true. I don't. I, the fe- nation is now very used to this format yeah. of speech, and yeah. I feel like in general he hit like. Well, first of all, it wasn't a speech filled with lies, which was nice because it's much easier to do that when you can lie about anything. Uh, um, yeah. That makes the this extemporaneous speaking way easier, um, and it was also it was chunks of familiar uh, speech. Pieces.
1: oh I know I got home and I was, somebody was asking me how it was and I was like well we played the hits
0: right it was it was <laughs> like a, yeah it was like he, it was like he set his own set list for the hits
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um but yeah I feel like Marion Williamson is one person who I want to be able to speak extemporaneously for any length of time well, she should she 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 made millions be, of dollars I was doing gonna it. say
1: that's right that's it yeah exactly um, More presidential announcements. Larry Hogan.
0: The most confusing one we've ever had.
1: Becoming the first person that we're aware of to yeah. form a... Uh, well, wait, what are they called again? Exploratory, yeah. <laughs> Exploratory community. community. <laughs> Sorry. And then to find out that, no, he actually shouldn't run for president.
0: Yeah. he Well, he did it in the wrong order because, as we were pointing out before the podcast... You're supposed to explore running for president on your own time. Yes, right. Once you've decided to run, you form an exploratory committee to pre-announce that you're running. And then you have set the stage for your announcement. Right. It seems like Larry Hogan didn't hear about how you actually pre-explore the exploratory committee.
1: Yeah. You
0: got to do some homework before that point because no one needs to announce. No, this is, these were two news stories no one needed to read. (laughs) This is wasted (laughs) everyone's time.
1: Yeah.
0: It was just an opportunity for him to get uh, an op-ed in the New York Times where we could remember about Larry Hogan. So yeah. that he could announce that the thing that he had just announced, making headlines all over the nation, right. was not in fact a thing at all, and that none of us needed to read right. any of the things. But that you're absolutely
1: out. right. I mean, he could have called either of us pre-exploratory committee, yeah. and we could have informed him very specifically that he wasn't going to be the president. I, it I saved him a lot of time and energy, it seems like.
0: Too true. It's, I wonder how many members were on this committee <laughs> and how much time they put into this kind of exploration. Because yeah. it seems like a, a common sense exploration would have been yeah. scientific enough for this situation. Um, but he so he wrote he announced that he wasn't running in a New York Times op-ed. Sasha and I immediately Googled: Does he have a book coming out? Because in the op-ed, he very specifically says that he would never run for president just to sell books. But it seems like he initially started catering to the idea of running for president because he released a book in twenty twenty that he was trying to sell.
1: Oh yeah, um, but also, obviously, you announced that you're running to, for president to sell books. Yeah,
0: like what he has never he's, he's doing
1: everything out. wrong. This it's, guy, it's
0: outrageous. <laughs> also. Have you seen a picture of him recently?
1: Um, no. <laughs> he's uh-uh.
0: much sillier looking than you've than you've remembered. Interesting. He's a, he's silly. Yeah. Oh. He has a comedic demeanor. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that could work if he I mean, leaned well, in. The very
2: first party? celebrity yeah. that came to mind when uh, my eyes first befell a photo of him oh. was Nathan Lane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and as soon as she said it, I was like, yeah, "There it is. That's it. That's mm-hmm, the one." Mm-hmm
1: hang so, on everybody
0: yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you're it's gonna you see him with them. your own eyes <laughs> oh I see it. <laughs> wow I just like I could have told him he wasn't gonna be the president because he has he sort of like got the cuddliness of Mike Huckabee but without even enough gravitas no. to or cult. folksy charm he's from folksy. Maryland exactly I mean, he's not folksy don't enough folksy charm no certainly not a, you know a dash of slapstick but a dash of yeah, unintentionally yeah. yeah right yeah
1: maybe yeah. Oh boy. Continuing
0: my never-ending uh, quest to reference Mike Huckabee on every single podcast. I don't know. <laughs> right. don't the 2023,
1: the year of Mike Huckabee. <laughs> the year of Mike Huckabee. <laughs> didn't see that coming.
0: <clears throat> in any case, he said that the stakes were too high for him to quote be part of another multi-car pileup. And he has expressed this concern before. Basically, he wanted to run for president because he hates Donald Trump, which is like join the club. But um, he is so concerned about there being too many people who hate Donald Trump in the race that he didn't want to join and then split the vote.
1: Well, I think he's right about that. Actually, there was—I yeah. read an article this week, basically about like the Republican, you know, bigwigs being concerned about you know another gigantic primary, which there probably will be because yeah. everybody thinks they can be president. But like, it, there, he's, he's he's, he's, he's right. I think, I think though on some
0: on some level like a lot of the never Trumpers are starting to echo Trumpian talking points like think about Nikki Haley's positioning oh yeah, in the race sure. so I don't actually think his positioning would have right, been they're all similar just, cause to Trump. because if you're going to
1: win you're going to have to out Trump him anyway exactly. so like they're all going to act crazy so all I the mean, never Trumpers, Ron DeSantis is just you know Trump on right, steroids nobody's so madder
0: have... about Donald Trump than Ron DeSantis someone who is basically the mirror image of Trump in sillier boots so like it doesn't seem we're like, going to talk a
1: lot about boots on this podcast there's a lot too, of boot way. references coming heads up
0: <laughs> <laughs> heads up <laughs> And I would say also we're that we're making um, this is a bipartisan boots uh, podcast. Oh yeah, that's you know, true. like we're not this the our boots references are going to be hitting every end of the political mm-hmm. spectrum. So yeah, don't worry about anything. Um, but yeah, I think that Larry Hogan's positioning actually would have been really different than the other never-Trumpers in the race, and probably much more appealing to mainstream Republican voters. It's hard to get out of a primary with those positions. But I don't think there would actually be that much competition for what he's asking for. I feel like, or what he's he's, uh, platforming on. What What he's platforming on? (laughs) What he's platforming on. Yeah, I got it. You know about words. You heard about that. I
2: have a question that kind of comes out of nowhere. But the Democrats (laughs) aren't going to Iowa. The Republicans
0: are still going to Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is going to be chaos. That's right.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah cool. because you keep hearing. Making yeah, sure.
0: No, it's confusing because you keep reading articles about them, you know, releasing ads in Iowa and Dem- Republicans positioning themselves in Iowa, whatever. And I keep being like, well, no one's going to be in Iowa. And then I'm like, oh no, the Republican only Republicans. Well, and the
1: Iowa Democratic Party has hinted at just running their caucus. Just for time. no reason, for the Democratic Party at that time. I mean, it's a
0: huge <laughs> money-making operation. I don't know why they would want to. But the money-making comes from people coming in. If no one's coming in, you can still hold your well. Maybe caucus, if you just have no an one's... exciting um, listen. There's not enough news for 24-hour news cycles anyway. Maybe they'll just hope to have an opportunity to All major showcase speaking. Well,
2: said I mean, one under, reporter. Other states to come have the done Democratic
1: this before, yeah. where they've done it where they've been told right, where they... not to, and then like the DNC will say like you don't get there delegates and that's fine iowa has very few delegates anyway i I mean like let's you know like if somebody can come out of there and say that they've won something like maybe they don't care whether they got the delegates or not you know what i mean so like i could see a world maybe not this year necessarily because it probably may only be two people and maybe only one of them is a real candidate but um (laughs) so like why would you bother but i mean i could see if in a world where there's 10 people running you would just go ahead and have it anyway and then people would go just because they would want to win
0: well, and also, is a good place to do all of those tiny events that they so like easy. to do for photo ops. It's so easy. Yeah. It's a fairly small state. You can go to small gatherings of people. You can go to soup suppers all over the state and just meet a lot of guys with the same name and same haircut and
1: mm-hmm. you know, do
0: whatever you do in Iowa. Um, but it's, it's like a sort of, uh, there's, there's a system there at least, whereas when you are released to a brand new state, it's like you have to come up with a new system for how it you, to best approach running there. Mm-hmm. So I guess I could see that. It just seems like what a waste of everyone's time and energy. Yeah.
1: We had we had another announcement for that's president right. this week. Also, that's right. Somebody that we will definitely be writing a bio about on our web page. Um, for sure. <laughs> uh, Perry Johnson is running for um, you know the Perry Republican Johnson that nominee. guy. You haven't heard of him?
0: No, of course not. No, no one's in, ever heard in, of I him.
1: Was, don't pretend like you have. No. Uh, he spoke at CPAC this week. That's right. So uh, he was
0: the lone attendee? No. <laughs> poor I CPAC. Oh yeah. Having trouble CPAC. selling those tickets. Yep, Having trouble. Right. Um, he was one of the lone one of the only attendees <laughs> of CPAC, but also spoke at CPAC in the morning, then left CPAC and announced he was running for president only after being safely off the premises. Right. Well he probably So he went to the Larry Hogan school. <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
1: right. He probably went and spoke and was like, I'm just gonna see how this goes. And yeah. if I kill it, then I'm gonna announce right. later in the afternoon.
0: He probably he pro- didn't...
1: He, in his head, he was probably like, I just owned CPAC. That's right. <laughs> so he was like, I'm running for president now.
0: I feel like it was more that he didn't want to run in, in Trump's crosshairs.
1: I was going to say, this was... CPAC is getting more progressively, you know, Trumpian. Yes. You know, because it sort of has always... It has always been crazy. I mean, we've been talking about CPAC the entirety of this podcast for, you know, 10 plus years at this right. point. But I mean, it, it sort of like... At a certain point, like, in time was when, like, the entirety of the party came to sort of, like, share ideas with each other. That's right. Certainly they gave, like, insane speeches and there was, right. like, a lot not of nonsense. good ideas, th- also. Right, right. right, We're not that. There was a lot of that. nonsense going on. Right. But now it's just, like, crazy people go and say that they want to, like, murder trans people and, like, get standing ovations. Like, that's what's happening. Right. At I will
0: right note that the crowd <clears throat> size has diminished the more Trumpian that it's gotten to yeah. the extent that it's at now, where it's basically yeah. half empty. And that is uh, not lost on a lot of other members of the Republican Party yeah. at the moment who used to be the kind of people that would go to CPAC. Yeah. A Chris Christie of the world would go to CPAC in the original world order. Yeah. And like maybe that would be like a little bit to his right as a move, but he would do it to get cred with the base. Yeah. And now Chris Christie is out here trashing Trump's crowd size on you know, ABC, <laughs> right. while Trump speaks to a half-empty room at CPAC.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is a little dicey to go there, right? I mean, like, yeah. all, this crowd I think at one point was, like, chanting for Nick Fuentes and, like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, oh, yeah. it's like, It's a white supremacist, gathering. A white su- yeah. supremacist gathering. So you, you sort of, careful. like, have to be mindful of showing up That's at one right. of these things. Yeah.
0: Um, but before we move on from Perry Johnson, an important thing to know about him, he is really only notable politically because he tried to run for Michigan governor last year and was one of four candidates in the Republican primary who, um, was accused of filing thousands of fraudulent nominating signatures and was pulled off the ballot. So his one attempt at running for office was unsuccessful because of fraudulent signatures, and that is apparently a widespread problem in the Michigan Republican Party. But that's about all that we know him for other than running a Super Bowl ad in Iowa. Yeah.
2: So this is news to me, that you can run a Super Bowl ad in a single state.
0: Well, I I assume that's the case because I didn't see his ad. This is all isn't, speculation on my part. Isn't
2: the point of the Super Bowl ad that it is nationwide? I think like no. every some ad local is local everywhere. Ad, I was, was going to say, there's flags.
1: local ad time, and I suppose they can probably sell that themselves. Like, it, uh, in a place where, like, maybe, like, you know, the Des Moines news stations would have, like, run a promo for themselves. Or, you know, some local affiliate would have run Because Super Bowl ads are
0: millions of dollars per minute for 30 seconds. Yeah, he probably
1: didn't pay that. I was going to
0: say, the only other option is that he ran an ad that was so unmemorable that we've already forgotten what it was.
1: (laughs) That's true. Yeah. I assumed he only
0: ran it in the market because I don't remember it. Yeah. I didn't know that was possible. So, you know, you learned something. But here we are. In any case, the major CPAC news that we have to report is the straw poll, obviously. Yeah. Trump, like in, a it, in a landslide. This lens. was
1: less than he won it last year, but that's just because I think more people, you know, there's some yeah, in the some race. DeSantis fans yeah. out there, right? And so people weren't. I mean, I'm sure they probably included his name in last year's because people have been suspecting that he's going to run for president right. for some time. But yeah, it was it was, pre- it was his it was, boots it was,
0: though. That was pre <laughs> his fight with Trump. That was pre him deciding that gas stoves were his most important political issue. I know, and yeah. were somehow connected to child porn or something i can't remember the stoves are now also connected to child porn well everything is child (laughs) Child trafficking is that's why i
2: come to brain trust live right
1: (laughs) (laughs) um his uh, the number one choice for trump's running mate was carrie lake
0: i love this idea didn't
1: carrie like get in a fight with somebody there or something oh i think she did yes
0: i know and i've already i remember that there was news about her and i've forgotten what it is i believe who was she in a fight i don't know he sent us a text
1: and he said the girls are fighting
0: yeah, and it was, I think it was Marjorie Taylor Greene. And
1: it was Carrie Lake. I don't think it was, but you know, I don't remember who it was now.
0: Well, let that be a lesson to everyone that <laughs> Grant Sloss's text chain is where you'll actually get the real news about CPAC. Um, I love the idea of Trump and Carrie Lake running together as a community, as a team.
1: <laughs> oh, man, I know. It
0: has the I vibes. Have, I have
1: such... I'm totally with you, and I think at one point, like, on that very text thread, I was like, how do we ensure that Trump can continue to do all the Trump things that we love about him, but also, but just not win this time? Yeah. Because and it's then- really concerning, because every time I talk about, like, how hilarious something is that he's doing, I'm like, he, he was did become the, president the president once. Yeah. Uh, and I it would have like to not have that happen. The again.
0: vibes of remember the time that Ted Cruz and Carly Fiorina tried to hold hands when <laughs> right. they were gonna be united as on one ticket. Right, she, right and she they was, couldn't figure right. out how to like raise their hands into the air together uh, like yeah. normal humans do. Yeah. It Carrie Lake and Donald Trump sort of gives me that uh, hmm. that energy, that yeah. vibe. They seem like the kind of people that wouldn't be able to coordinate normal crowd moves together.
1: Yeah, no. I and I you're... love
0: that for them. I love yeah. that for all of us.
1: Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, the New Republic actually had an article entitled The Sad, Desolate Scenes of CPAC 2023 that was just about how no one was showing up. Um, so things are going great there. Speaking of conservative talking points, though, we have uh, an important hit piece to discuss. <laughs> For one, Pete Buddha judge. Oh my God. This, this was oh, God. flawlessly God. written. Flawlessly <laughs> written. And it's a CNN article.
1: Yeah, who was it? Did we ever decide whether this guy is just like angry at all Democrats or was there, this, no, is, was so this we, like an actual news story? What did, what did we decide?
2: Well, I went and looked up the author. journalist, author. Yeah, I don't know what we're calling people these days. The writers. The writer of the... <laughs> that would be no, an the actual choice the word. of words. Uh, and I took a look at a lot of his other headlines and they all seem very run-of-the-mill, regular CNN. Okay, great. Um, I've, he's got a lot of them.
0: But he had some real choice. <laughs> I would contend that Mr. the biggest Buttigieg. hit judge takes in this piece is actually just his, his own, own words, words being yeah, quoted. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. So but the,
1: the headline is Pete Judge starts to rethink how he does his job in wake of Ohio train disaster. I, I would somebody could, should start rethinking. I it. could fix that for them and say Pete judge starts to rethink doing his job. Doing his job in right, wake exactly. of Ohio train disaster. But you know, look. so
0: here's so as you might have heard from us and everyone. Uh, Pete Judge is being criticized for basically ignoring this train disaster in East Palestine and just sort of like carrying on with his life as if he doesn't know what his job is. And because he doesn't. he's been mad because not only is the far left knocking him for it, but the far right is as well because they, they love like a populist rallying cry. And this yeah. is like the perfect populist rallying cry. So in response to criticisms from both the left and right, Pete Buttigieg says this. It's really rich to see some of these folks, the former president, these Fox hosts, who are literally lifelong card-carrying members of the East Coast elite, whose top economic policy priority has always been tax cuts for the wealthy, and who wouldn't know their way around a T.J. Maxx if their life depended on it, be presenting themselves as if they genuinely care about the forgotten middle of the country. You think Tucker Carlson knows the difference between a T.J. Maxx and a (laughs) Coles? You guys. First of all, I have a lot to say. First of all, is Tucker Carlson who people think the East Coast elite is?
1: No, he's not. I, I know I, he wears I mean, a bow tie, get, right? And I understand the point. I think is I that like right. right, obviously, like he's trying to you know say that it's like these guys do not get it any more than like anyone right. does he and, uses, he, and he's absolutely right course. about that but like he I, uses like it was a was crazy interesting... word
0: salad of political references to say yeah. that though because the other thing that i caught about this comment is that the term card carrying is almost always meant to invoke communists <laughs> it's card carrying communists that's right who it's card member carrying. of the communist party card carrying socialists you're only talking about communists and socialists when you talk about card carrying it's meant to reference that so that is meant to be a hit on the far left even if it's in like he's mixing the metaphors of American political discourse in a way that is meant to be so it, it's almost Trumpian in, right. in in manner. Because it's like a word salad of scaremongery words, which is what Donald Trump does. The difference is that like Pete Buttigieg actually knows that these words are being misused. And so he's right. doing this in a way that is informed. Yeah. Unlike Donald Trump is just using <clears throat> words that come into his head. Yeah. Sometimes they're the right words, sometimes not. You don't know what's gonna happen with Donald Trump. Yeah. But like Pete Buttigieg is like very carefully crafting a talking point that—that that is everything I hate about Pete Buttigieg because <laughs> you know don't. how I have gone on long rants about his stupid "we don't want to educate the children of billionaires" comments and yeah. how that is inherently a conservative framing of education funding and public funding and public goods in general and how it's also stupid. Um, but like <laughs> this is another example where he is repurposing an inherently conservative framing of an issue, this sort of idea that coastal elites don't understand the heartland. And then applying it to make it sound like Democrats agree with this point, and he is literally a person who went to Harvard and worked at fucking McKinsey. So who does he think the term East Coast elite actually refers to? It's him. It's him. Mm-hmm. Get out! It's not fucking Tucker Carlson. No American, right. you know, political news reader is sitting around when they hear "coastal elite" and thinking of Tucker fucking Carlson.
1: Yeah.
0: They're thinking no. of Pete Buttigieg.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Who also <laughs> I would contend, well as you said. Sasha, nobody knows their way around to TJ Max because right. of chaos. <laughs>
0: oh, TJ right. like, Maxx is like, pure chaos. I would yeah. really,
1: I would like, I would like him to explain the difference between TJ Maxx and the Coles to me. By the way, I just, yeah, I, I, I want either. him, yeah. I want him to explain that. I could probably attempt to, but as I said also earlier when we were yammering on about this, I was like, uh, neither of those stores are in East Palestine. I would assume anyway. That's right. The, the correct reference here is the Dollar Tree and Dollar General.
0: Thank you. Right, That's... because
1: these people are poor. I mean, yeah. like it's a it's a poor community, and like I yes. don't mean that to denigrate them. I'm just saying that, like I'm sure they would probably love a TJ Maxx in town.
0: Yeah. No, the idea that he was about or to, to be like, able to
1: afford TJ Max crush East for that
0: Coast elites in order to like seem like <laughs> seem like he's a part of the you know part like understands the heartland, and then like didn't know the reference. Like, because as soon as yeah. I saw this, I also thought he should be talking about Dollar General. That's the store that everyone in rural America is mad about and that no one can tell the difference between Dollar Tree and Dollar General and also they're destroying downtowns all over America and also that's that's the one.
1: That's the problem. The
0: median income of
2: a person from East Palestine is $27,800 a year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. East Palestine is a place where um, you don't probably have a giant mall strip like you do in... Because you know where they do have a TJ Maxx and I say this as... My as a card-carrying member of both the Socialist Party and also the East Coast elite, (laughs) there's a TJ Maxx ten blocks from the place I grew up in in central in like central Lower Manhattan. Oh yeah, like the this you don't even have to go that far. My last apartment there was a TJ Maxx
2: around the corner in the middle of Los Angeles.
0: I was there all the time. (laughs) No, I mean the the reference here is also weird because it's like exactly what an East Coast elite person would try to reference, like, he's doing the thing that East Coast elite people do to make the wrong reference. Yeah. In any case, there's nothing more infuriating than any anytime he has a talking point at all. But this is in the category of talking points that I find the most offensive of his because I really hate when he takes what are very specifically conservative framings that we only associate with conservative pundits, and then tries to... Make them sound like the Democrat. They came from the Democrats. There's a reason we don't use that rhetoric in the Democratic Party, and it's because it's fucking disingenuous. Well, yeah. it's also fucking rude. And it's rude. Like, how dare he? <laughs> Being
2: yeah. like, oh, well, you don't know the difference between these stores that regular Americans go to. You're not a regular American.
0: Like, fuck off. Fuck yeah. off. I mean, how- fuck so rude. All the way off.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, in any case, that's not the. The article goes on to continue to sort of subtly denigrate him further, and that's all oh, no, no. no. All the joy is in the, the not so subtlety. The <laughs> <laughs> um, But so there, so. here's another... I'm, I'm just going to read various snippets from the article because I think it's important that we understand that the words of CNN were being used in this way. Yeah. Um, Buttigieg came into the cabinet knowing this would be an odd transition. He's the only winner of the Iowa caucuses and one-time Jimmy Kimmel guest host to take a lower-level cabinet job. He didn't realize just how much focus there would be on a cabinet role that was once seen as mostly apolitical in past administrations. This is... A paragraph about how he didn't think it was a real job when he took it and didn't intend to conduct his office.
2: I need to give a shout out to all of the Housewives fans out there because lower level cabinet job is (laughs) the lower level. (laughs) 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 And I really hope he meant it in that way.
1: Oh my God, yes. The lower level. Lower level cabinet um, job. Yeah, well, and, and you want to know what's crazy? Be- and and while that is just the, you know, what whoever wrote this article said about them, or, or him, that was essentially confirmed by Corinne Jean-Pierre. Yes, yeah. Because she was asked, now I don't have the quote right in front of me, but she was asked why it took him so long to go. And she was like, the most important thing is that he went. And then she was like, when Elaine Chow was a shitty... Uh, 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 Secretary Secretary of Transportation. Nobody wanted her to be fired. Right. I mean, literally. I mean, that was essentially also, what she, I'm paraphrasing. But like another
0: thing that's really annoying about that talking point is, given Elaine Chao's marriage to one Mitch McConnell, well, all say, we talked yeah. about was thinking she should be fired. Right. So that's actually disingenuous on every front. Right. It couldn't be more disingenuous. She was bad at her job. I was going to say. We didn't it. expect her to be good. Pete, luckily. Was, but she was bad, right. and she was married to the most evil man on the right.
1: planet. Pete Buttigieg, just coming from a, a just, <laughs> com- just coming from a line of people who don't know anything about transportation who get to run transportation. That's right.
0: A long
2: you know, line, line of ineffective, trans- an excellent transportation secretary. <laughs> Who? Joe Biden.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Probably. Famous writer Famous of Amtrak Famous Amtrak yeah, lover Joe true. Biden. Amtrak yeah. Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that was the position. Maybe maybe someone should have offered him that job to get him out of the primaries and we no, could have yeah. solved this problem the easy way. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing about this Pete Buttigieg judge thing is they're of course pretending that only the far right is criticizing him, but even Joe Manchin has been quoted as saying that Buttigieg should quote make the decision that if he uh, make a decision about whether he feels he's being effective.
1: <laughs> there's shade coming that's from shade. everywhere that,
0: left right center, everywhere that. that's
1: maybe one of my favorite things that he's ever said that's, i know well, shouldn't make a decision <laughs> about whether he's
0: <laughs> like
1: that is savage and guys. then
0: also this article goes on Buttigieg previously underestimated how much of his job would be wrapped up in consumer affairs and customer service he said Sometimes people need policy work, and sometimes people need performative work. And to get to this level, you've got to be ready to serve up both. If he didn't know that performative work is like 95% of being in the cabinet or being the president, then he had no business running for president in the first place. But as Brent pointed out, he's famous for being good at performative work and nothing else. So the fact that he seems to think that he's like wandering around being effective while not doing any of the performative work of of a cabinet secretary, which is really their only job, then it makes me worry about what he knows about what politics is yes. and how people are. It's right. just like, like this man wanted to be the president. That is a fully performative job. The uh, president
1: the, doesn't do shit. The only reason that he <laughs> hung in a primary was for some quality performances that he gave. That's
0: right. Yeah. Like, and also, the to- the only times that we have ever approved of literally anything he's been up to are the times that he's gone on Fox News yeah. and done performative work there. And then, you know, times that he has made talking points about, you know, a woman's right to choose that are essentially performative because I don't see him legislating on a woman's right to choose that are about changing the sort of like discourse around an issue. Like that's right. performative work, my friend. Yeah. Showing up and making people feel like they've been heard so that there is national awareness brought right. to a major crisis. That's part of the job of being in in government,
2: right? Yeah, sorry I mean, job about was it. really being the first one to go to East Palestine. That's literally job. And That's the job. He, That's I the was going to
1: say, and he loves to be in front of a camera, so I just don't understand no. The, the why... fact that
2: Donald Trump beat him there should be a great national shame on the it, Democrats. It, it's it's a, a, a great national yes. shame
1: on me personally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we've ranted about it. That's the one job. Whenever we've recorded You it. show, up. Up. Yeah. show
2: up. Show up. Don't even no, listen to anyone. Literally, like, don't say anything. Have the were, camera follow you right. around silently. He has
1: now, I think, acknowledged that he should have gone earlier, which is the least that he could do. But I mean, at least, you yeah. know, like,
0: well, he In case you think that, that
1: we're just crazy people ranting, yeah, I mean, knows. we are, but like, he knows. He said it.
0: But he also he said, he said it, it and soon. then he was like, "But it's not tradition for a transportation secretary. It's like then send Biden. You know who is also right. too late. Well, I was exactly. Say, yeah." That's like, if it was not tradition for a transportation secretary, then secretary where was who, the person who was traditionally yes, supposed to go? Somebody traditionally should have been there. And it <laughs> yeah. was one of you. It was right. somebody. It didn't
1: need to be the ex president.
0: Exactly. Like, that <sighs> is also, in fact. And then the other thing that maddening. I think is It's maddening. Everything's
2: maddening. This is why I'm here today.
0: That's right. Everything's just Everything's angry. maddening. Today. Why does everything feel worse right now?
1: Well, have I got a story for you? <laughs>
0: oh, great.
1: <laughs> Come in, if we're ready to move on. No, no, I don't we know have we one have... more
0: point to make about oh, Peter okay, Judge, and that's right. about his silly boots.
1: Um, that's right, the Boots, sorry. So
0: there's this oh, huge... Oh, that's where the Boots thing we came from. The I boots. Missed this we one. teased the Boots. We teased the Boots. There's this h- hilarious moment in this story in which they say, um, you know, they're going on about when he finally did visit a day after Trump and how mad they are that Trump claimed that he hadn't been responsible for the whole thing when, of course, he deregulated everything, whatever. Things we know. Obviously, Donald Trump's administration was not great on transportation. In any case, yeah. the attention to the Boots boot a judge wore when he visited a day later, he said, was also maddening. Uh-huh. His voice got tighter. Who cares what shoes I was wearing when I was there to draw attention to an agenda that will save the lo- save lives on our railroads, Buddha Judge said. Mm-hmm. Screamed Hillary Clinton yeah. from the roof. Tell that to Ron oh, St. Yeah, I know.
1: And listen, the boots <laughs> I was expecting, you know, as you mentioned with you know, Ron, to you, were, you boots, were expecting Those true. were, I mean, those were wild and like should have been talked about. Yeah. And we will continue to talk about them forever. And everybody should see that the picture of those boots. These boots were not that bad, actually. No. They, the only issue was that they weren't work boots. But I right. discovered, I think, a different problem yeah. because he was there and he was wearing these boots and he was walking around and he was in jeans or chinos or something like that. The problem was he was wearing a safety vest and a hard hat and safety goggles and he doesn't. He doesn't have the face for that. <laughs> no. in, in the sense that like... He looked like he Alfred E. Ju- Newman was wearing say, safety du- he, goggles. Right. It was. I think people like targeted the boots because he was in a picture of people who were like wearing like heavy duty work boots, like walking right. around outside. So I get the issue with the boots. Right. But like the problem is the punchable face with the safety yes. vest.
0: Yeah. No, he just looked silly in every he photo. He looked
1: silly. That was the problem. And I think people couldn't really figure out what it no, was. No, because it's hard to say because
0: actually there was one photo where I showed you guys... And you were like, "Oh, it's just that he's short." But there was a guy standing next to him who was much shorter than him, who didn't look silly at all. And so yeah. somehow that wasn't it. But you were just like, "It must be something because he looks so silly in this photo, and we can't yeah. figure out why."
1: Yeah, it it's wasn't silliness. The boots. It was just general silliness. It was
0: general silliness, and people but, needed a place. But I, what, if what people I wonder
1: think, why Democrats don't represent working people, it's because they look like that when they show up exactly. to work. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> also, sorry. I feel like this sort of bigger red flag in this comment, in this part of the story, is how upset he got about people commenting on his boots. Like, if you are mad that people are making fun of you for wearing the wrong boots to your three weeks late site visit at a major disaster caused by a transportation um, entity, a transpor- I was going to say a transportation secretary, and I was like, he didn't cause it. But in another <laughs> sense, maybe he did. But the point is, don't let everyone know that the real upsetting part of this for you was that people thought you had the wrong boots. (laughs) Like, be too good to comment on the boot thing. Oh, yeah. And if you are there, if you are having to say that you are mad that the president said some, the ex-president, I mean, said some things that you were mad about before you got there, then you're already behind.
1: I was going to say, yeah, that's on you.
0: That's on you. Don't try to distract us with how you're mad about how people thought you were wearing the wrong boots. Yeah. In any case. Oh,
1: boy. Um... Joe Biden pissed off a bunch of members of his own party this week. Speaking
0: of this fucking guy. guy. Right. Exactly. I
1: know. Uh, So I learned something this week, actually, because I did not know this. But so D.C. City Council passed a bunch of reforms to their criminal code, which they apparently needed to do. I mean, there's literally like a bunch of laws on their books about like playing stickball in the street, like in in D.C., (laughs) basically. So like they got around and they like... Um, would, it ended some <laughs> mandatory minimum sentences and lowered sentence maximums and some of them were, were for violent crimes like carjackings well, or whatever well if they
0: had maximums for every carjacking in D.C. they would never ha- <laughs> their criminal justice system would <laughs> fall apart it's, they're just having car thefts carjackings it's a city oh, with a lot of car crime
1: so anyway I didn't uh, apparently all anything that the D.C. City Council does like has to get run through Congress that's right yeah, yeah. so they, like any law that they pass like the Congress can be like no we don't like that Yeah. So the Republican-led Congress right now, at least the House anyway, was like, no, 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 no. We don't like that. Rude. And so so they were reviewing it and they put a bill forward that 31 Democrats, of course, voted for because they want to be seen as tough on crime. And to to overturn all of these rules that D.C. had um, done to their criminal code. So Biden, at the time, released a statement and said, where is it? Congress should respect the District of Columbia's autonomy to govern its own local affairs. This was right as this first vote was going on with the congressional Republicans. He did not say that he would veto it if he got to his desk. But most of the Democrats thought that they were voting at the time with the president, Right. You know, and the entirety of the Congressional Black Caucus is in favor of DC yeah. uh, statehood. Well, because this, this is, thing that is like
0: inherently yeah. racist. Right. Because this has been
1: a thing that Democrats have been pushing on the whole. Yeah. So. Yep. It was quite a surprise to everyone this week when he said that he would not veto it and he would sign it.
0: Outrageous.
2: That is outrageous because uh, in order to not be a hypocrite, any single person <laughs> that supports DC statehood, then Congress should just rubber stamp any goddamn thing That's right. that. The city, the yeah. county, I don't know, however D C yeah. is run, whatever they want, rubber fucking stamp. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, de- and to, that's, in that's order, what statehood means you would mean, mean if you are still yeah. maintaining control and you want to and you will veto things that the D- that the D C City Council does, you are not in favor of statehood. Right. And if you are, you're a fucking hypocrite. Well
1: and yeah. that's that's the problem because I think there, the thing that made me the most upset was his statement yeah. by tweet because it reminded me of another similar statement that he made recently and I'm starting to see a pattern here where he just like likes to think that he stands for something but then does the complete opposite and then it's like oh well I actually do this I do believe this other thing but you know it's, it's just so bad say. it's hard you know no. so his statement his tweet he said I support DC statehood mm. and home rule oh. but I don't support some of the changes DC council put forward over the mayor's Hippocrat. objections such as lowering penalties for carjackings if the senate votes to overturn what D.C. City Council did, I'll sign it. You're absolutely right. You know what they should do? They should
2: pass a law that basically says anything the D.C. Council does, we just simply do. Make it it codify the idea that codify the idea. What's it called? It's like with the British Empire like the queen or fuck the king now is technically their head of state and so rules that they pass need to be okayed by like the foreign office to technically pass. But there's no, they don't
1: ever say like no. There's not actually not a that.
2: bureaucratic process not to. They just go great, thank you. They stamp it and they yeah. move along. Yeah. That's yeah, what we what need it to If what it needs is a
0: stamp, if yeah. you want just an stamp interim, it. if we yeah. can't
2: actually make them a state then, I don't know, this is what moderates love, right? They love compromises. Here we go. Yeah, Well, but they
0: love compromises if they can be sure that the result is more moderate policy. Yeah. The result of letting the D.C. City Council just do what they want would not be moderate policy. It would be appropriate policy to the people (laughs) of D.C. It would maybe be policy that would make life better in the city of D.C., but it would not be moderate policy. Would it make the Congress people feel better if we likened them
2: to the King of England?
1: Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. I like where your head's at. Yeah. I yeah. feel good about that, yeah. yeah. That tweet gave me very much the same energy as his tweet during the rail strike yeah. where he was just like, I am very pro-union and I want but to How p- dare you get five th-
2: extra days th- of sick days. Right, right. <laughs> exactly.
1: I'm very pro-union, but also I have to um, crush this rail strike. Yeah. Fuck your life. Yeah. You get I no sick days, right? like, I need my can opener for Amazon in right. 12
2: hours, not 19. That's right. Yeah. Joe Biden has a lot have of the can-related needs. Right?
1: But it's like you can't go around and being like, I support this, I support this, I support this, and then... Not except in this any one case, that is the only
2: case, right? When your principles actually come up and you need to, that's the thing, show yeah. yeah it's, easy have to have have, it's
1: easy to have principles until you actually have to put them into that's practice,
0: right. correct? That's yeah. practice <laughs> is the word I was
1: looking <laughs> right. for. <laughs> no, yeah. it's like
0: every time he has a principle, he states a thing and then he's like, I agree right. with this definitely, except for the one case that is the only like tangible case of this right now, right? That's actually yeah. in front of me, and in that case, right? No, thank you, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's. So let's not Ugh. go too far. Right. No, we would never want to go too far or go anywhere. We, we love in want to theory. Start. We love in yeah. practice. We dislike having to actually put something into practice. Yes. And this kind of thinking is what opens you up to what I find to be one of the more infuriating news items of this week. I know. Which is a quote from J.D. Vance of all people.
1: Yep. Um, this is from a, I highly recommend this read. I didn't put it on here yeah. because it was sort of personally about him and I'm not here to tell you that I like J.D. Vance. Right. Uh, but there's like a, a pretty long article about him in Vanity Fair. Um, And it's, like, worth a read. But there was a little tidbit in there that I immediately sent to Lila. Critical tidbit. (laughs) (laughs) The kind of
0: tidbit that makes me talk about Mike Huckabee on every podcast. And we have
1: been, I feel like, the reason that you and I both immediately were just like, holy shit, was because I feel like this is a thing that, we'll read it to you in a second, obviously, but, like, it's a thing that you and I have both talked about, I think, on this podcast where it's like, you know, once the Democrats sort of, like, become, you know, corporatists and can't have any sort of, like, big ideas and also don't represent, like, you know, everyday people, which I think is what we've sort of been broadly talking about right. here, like certainly with the Buttigieg thing, it allows, you know, some of these like faux populist Republicans Create to sort vacuum. of like swoop in and be like, you know, we've talked about it with, um, what's his name, uh, Josh Hawley, some yeah. of his policies. And J.D. Vance, I think, has accidentally stumbled upon the most progressive u- policy uni- that I've heard in years. Universal health care, essentially. Yeah. So like we're about to see. This the- is
0: the most progressive policy proposal I have heard from a, me- from a governing official outside of maybe like Bernie Sanders and AOC or the squad in decades.
1: Yeah. That's
0: how infuriating (laughs) this is. Here's the quote. This is from the article. Vance tells me he's begun conversations with his Senate colleagues about his proposal to make birthing free. So you don't have people who are caught off guard by unexpected insurance charges or they have the wrong anesthesiologist when they're three minutes from birth and so they get financially ruined over it, says Vance. It's just a question of willpower and resources. It sounds like a good idea to me. I, I, We're going to cede this to JD fucking Vance?
1: I d- and you want to know how much this cost? I didn't put that on here, but like I think the price tag for it that they listed in the article was something like $73 billion. It's pennies.
0: Pennies! <laughs> <laughs> it's what I mean. This
2: is why, also, and listen, this incredibly is a, feminist, I, right? I exactly. And like, listen, he's doing it because he's against abortion. Like, also, that's exactly fuck right. Fuck the men. Just is, the birthing needs to be free. That's right. It's he's amazing. doing it because he's against abortion. Right. He but, you to, to but, but you have to be one. But I wa- what want. I want to give him another point. Not only has he, you know, tripped himself into universal yeah healthcare. Oh fuck! I lost my train of thought. Well, that's what fine. happens. Oh, we you're do- not good with trains. right
1: You and Buttigieg not good with trains.
0: An amazing uh, yeah. online s- spread of jokes, yeah. if you're looking Plus for that, yeah, He yes. said
1: in his press conference from East Palestine that he had lost his train of thought, which caused quite an uproar on Twitter.
0: One of the great moments of Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, this is, this is partly why it's important to um, sort of understand the role of leftist populists. I think that's, you know, when I think there's a lot of... There's some criticism of the Sanders wing of the party that's fair, of course, but there's a lot of criticism of it that I think inherently misunderstands that the framing of issues like this in a populist framing actually like does appeal to some people that don't traditionally fit inside of the Democratic mold. Because yep. if you ask a Democrat how to achieve this, they would tell you, "Well, the first thing that we have to do is make the deductible on birthing thirty dollars right. less, uh-huh. so that people like." And then we would, have
1: to figure out what the pay fors are. Exactly,
0: like they would give you a hundred a list of complicated problems instead of the solution, yep. and they would never admit they supported the solution. Right. They would be like, "How they were, were going to make support it One day,
1: right. but, how they were going to you know pay the insurance companies based on like whatever their high rates were instead of Medicare rates. You know right. what I mean? Like they no, would, they, would, they would tell you why. It, immediately,
0: you know. they would be launched into a bureaucratic conversation. That has yeah. nothing to do with anything. That's all made up problems. Because yeah. all and, of this, of course, is made right. up problems.
1: And they'll vote no on this just because they say it's because he's against abortion. Yeah. Also, like yeah. you know, even though it's a good I idea. I don't fucking care why he thinks this is a good right? idea. I don't fucking
0: care why thinks this is a good, if you, it's it's a, a good idea. It's a good Doesn't idea. It's a good idea.
2: Doesn't matter why. It's sorry Good ideas everywhere. come from everywhere. Good ideas. You don't know. need good intentions from to have everywhere. a good idea. But this is.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Wisdom.
1: I was. I am sitting across from Lila right now, and that stopped her in her tracks. Her hand was in the air about right. to make a very important point and she just stopped.
2: We have a philosopher with us yeah. today. On a pillow near you sometimes.
1: <laughs> you. From t- you can get it at teaching max. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Um, in any case, this is why I go on and on about Mike Huckabee though, to oh, get yeah, to bring it go. back to my point.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because this is something that Donald Trump offers at times. This is something that I think Mike Huckabee is especially effective at or was in his first presidential campaign. Yeah. Pairing like ultra-conservative, crazy-person, wing-nut talking points with very progressive populist talking points. Because I want to remind everyone, populism was originally a left-wing movement. We use populist almost exclusively right now to reference far-right movements. Populism itself was a left-wing movement. It was a movement that began among workers. Once again, communism. Communism, exactly. the populace
2: yeah. is, is, the, worker, worker,
1: is, is the, the workers well and if you think back to at the beginning of the pandemic when we started sending people money you'll remember that it was donald trump who was like can't we just send people money and it was chuck schumer who was like no we have to like exactly. extend unemployment insurance and pay that out and like that's how we got into that whole kerfluffle about how we were going to get people money it was donald trump and josh Hawley who were like let's just let's send, send the money send them
0: the cash it was them and like nina turner trying to send people cash like yeah. that's You know, like the talking points were coming from only the far right and the far left. And I think a lot of the time people in the center use that as a criticism of the far left. And I think it's actually just an example of how if you use your talking points right, people universally agree on good ideas that aren't dumb. And that (laughs) sometimes includes evil people and sorry about it. But I mean, like when we're talking about some of these talking points that you hear being echoed on the far right, it's because we created a vacuum that they can say this on the far right. You're telling me that J.D. Vance wants, you know, doesn't, probably has been railing against Obamacare. He's probably been railing against a bunch of talking points that don't mean anything but you're telling me that through common sense, he was able to arrive at the idea that birthing should be free. Yep. Common which is, sense
2: might be Yeah.
0: No, but I mean like his common <laughs> sense. Even his common sense led him there. Mm-hmm. Not even the world's normal common sense where that's, full, that's yep. logic common sense. Yep. Even J.D. Vance's worldview was able to accommodate the idea yep. that birthing should be free, which is a talking point that I've only ever heard come from the very far left. And that is because the yep. center wants to stomp on, doesn't want to do that. So they don't want yep. to let the far left talk about it. But also when we do that, they create a vacuum where it looks like the right is the only totally. part of the country, the well, only party mm-hmm. that's working for right? the
1: people. Well, and I actually just, I was reading an article earlier in this week because um, one of the things that Ron DeSantis has been, Ron sanctimonious, excuse sorry, me, sorry. Yeah, please. Um, Use has, has been working on and talking about a lot. He's been using the term um, medical freedom. Now, he's yeah. talking about freedom from the government forcing you to take a vaccine. He's right. been talking all, you know, oh, you can sure, you sure. can right. imagine what yeah. right. that That's- means. But you can also imagine a world where it's not a huge leap from that to, well, you're also not free if you're, you know, have to file bankruptcy because you're in medical debt. If
2: you're forced to give birth. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> do you know what I, If you're forced to give birth. But but also, like, if you're, you no. know, tens of thousands of dollars in debt from... and. And from there, it's not so hard to see how all of a sudden Republicans are running on universal health care. I'm not saying that's tomorrow, certainly. But, like, I mean... but I mean, don't
0: give them that point.
1: But once people are drowning in medical debt, they'll follow whatever party is going to help them to wherever they'll go.
0: Rightfully, because people just want this problem solved. Remember when the only person who had ever attempted even a public option was Mitt fucking Romney. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, we have repeatedly ceded the right, this healthcare conversation, that we should own so back and front, considering that 70% of Americans, and probably more at this point, support Medicare for all, that it shouldn't even be in the pantheon of discussions that the right has anything to do with this conversation in the slightest. And, like, somehow J.D. Vance can say this, and it's never been said by a Democrat. And that's what's more infuriating about this, (laughs) is that this... is a a comment that was published the very same week that uh, Sasha brought to me an article that was right there in the front of the Washington Post about Lauren Underwood, whose main issue is about black maternal health. This article infuriated me.
1: Listen.
2: Do you know who Lauren Underwood is?
1: I do Barely. sort of now. Okay, I have to tell you, you s- sent that article, and then I looked at it, and I had just your started, heart sunk. I had, well, I had just started reading it as Lila walked in the door, and I said to her, "I was like, how long am I supposed to continue to read this? Because first off, I dear quit, listener, it is long. To, to, <laughs> I in wanted a word. to quit long reading this."
2: Three separate times, I was like, "That's enough! I don't need to read anymore." And then some sick fascination was like, "You must get through to the end because there will be more breadcrumbs." It's like for a you. story
1: about more Edward Underwood,
2: one of America's most boring human beings,
1: walking around Congress sad because she doesn't have friends or a boyfriend. It, it was the like. saddest, I mean. <laughs> literally loneliest
2: <laughs> <laughs> profile. And I want to give this writer as well credit. We're giving journalists a lot of credit. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> I do because I think they <laughs> yes. tried their hardest uh, yeah. Yeah. To, to make this make, this, make her look. Good and not sad and lonely. <laughs> and they did the opposite, but yeah. you can
0: see the effort, which is probably yeah, the problem. You can see the effort. No, but I mean, like, this is a perfect example. JD Vance just announced that he's in favor of socializing women's reproductive right. care. And Isn't the
1: is a nurse, right? Isn't she a She's a nurse, nurse whose
0: main. Legislative issue is about childbirth right. and their the black black maternal health. Right. And Probably there,
1: won't have one conversation with JD Vance about this issue. Not only <laughs>
0: won't have a conversation with JD Vance about this issue, won't have a conversation with America about this it issue. It seems like she because doesn't she's not to in before. favor of this of this uh, issue. Right. She's but not in favor of making she is someone who should be, by all the reasons that Republicans
2: love to hate Democrats, one of the most famous women in Congress. Yeah. And is not because it's impossible. To have a conversation with her. She is 36, she is a black woman, she is a nurse, and no one's ever heard of her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is mostly this article was like, she came in in a wave. In the wave of 2018. Uh, She came in with AOC. And a lot of this article is trying to be like, this is a congresswoman you've never heard of, and like, you should really know more about her. But at the same time, talking about how she is single, which is in the fucking headline, doesn't matter. And why it is so hard to date and have a child as a woman in her 30s in Congress. You know
0: what makes it really hard to have a child is having to pay lots of money to health care when you experience childbirth. (laughs) One of the things that makes having a child really hard is the cost associated with it. An issue that she could easily talk about as a single woman who wishes she could have kids, but she's not going to talk about any policy issues that matter to anyone because she's yep. the most milquetoast platform in the entire planet. Eight and percent the of this article was about
2: her actual bills being passed and what she stood for on a policy level. The rest of it was, I am a young black woman in the suburbs of Chicago running for Congress. Yeah. That's it. Like that's not a story anybody needs to know. All right, you're here. You've won I mean,
0: three she's elections, on her three, third term. Yeah. So it's like she talk did about it. your fuck. Use this profile to doing?
2: talk about your issues, <laughs> not talk
0: about how it's like hard to date. But to have these come out the same week, where there's like a 100 page article about Lauren Underwood that says truly nothing. Nothing. I mean. And JD Vance has just announced that he's a socialist by accident. Also, I have to discuss <laughs> the photos
2: that were accompanying these articles, this article,
0: <laughs> because every single one was her
2: alone in an office like shadow lit <laughs> <laughs> like the saddest most it's depressing just like and a al- lonely, an article them, about lonely congress in some members. of them there's like an aid off to the side where you see like a third of their face and it's just her with streams of light coming in the window and her like checking her hair on the way out the door <laughs> it is we're talking about maddening i i couldn't stop reading the article, despite every fiber of my being, being like, you've had enough. I find it you super can't. easy to stop
0: reading the article, very sadly. I was going to
1: say, this is, the, hmm. the reason that I said I didn't want to give the journalist credit on this, because, well, actually, oh, it's the a a journalist, f- fine. The The, the, publica- the publication, oh, yeah. I, I think is weird right because, like, this is the type of thing where, like, you hand in to your editor, and then your editor says, we're not how running How do why <laughs> did this get assigned? That's what I want to know.
0: Yeah, how did this get assigned? Who were like pitch we, this? Who right? Yeah. What was the pitch? Because this does
2: not, it does not read like this journalist pitched it. This was an assignment. Yeah. They That's went back to her home district with her. There were. Found nothing. I mean, they were all over yeah. the place. Chaos.
1: Do you think she's about to come down on the side of Jeff Bezos for something in Congress and sort like that? sure. Right? I mean, it has, to, it has to be something like that. I mean,
0: she is the youngest black woman serving in Congress right now, came in with the squad, and no one has ever heard of her. That's who we're talking about.
2: I mean, yeah. And
0: the reason they've never heard of her is because she went out of her way to distance herself from the squad. Because politically, she's incredibly moderate. and And like, not out of her way the way that like, listen, is Katie Porter a member of the squad? No. But Katie Porter is like, known to the universe of the squad. She is, like, a person who yeah. comes also from a swing district who also, you know, had to kind of tread a fine line when she was running for office to ensure that she wasn't too progressive for her district yeah. and still somehow has able has been able to have, like, principled stances up, a, up the wazoo all yeah. over Congress, like a person who's doing her job. Lauren Underwood has, like, gone out of her way to have no opinions on anything, yeah. right, specifically <laughs> to escape being associated with the only people in Congress who are doing any... talking about yeah. anything.
1: There's, like, a whole... Part of it about how she's, like, looking for friends. Oh, she was, when she first got there, about how she, like, wandered the halls looking for a Republican friend. And <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, well, like, look. Well, first off, I, you're black, so, right, like, good luck. I don't but, care
2: about Lauren Underwood in the sense that I'm not saying any of this to, like, oh, yeah, I... Yeah, It's just, like, this is not... If I was a public person in any way, and thank fuck that I'm not, but this is... This would horrify me if this was my... You know, and she's had many stories written about her. You know, she was in that time profile. Right. Any wave of women or Democrats from 2018 on, she is included. I have heard her name. She is around. But the way she is portrayed, this is not the first time. But repeatedly, I find offensive for her. I'm offended for her on her behalf. And what gets me the most angry
0: is she probably thinks this is a great profile. She does because she is somebody who is not actually there to take political stances on political issues, though she is a serving as a member of Congress. She's doing exactly what the Democrats do to cede an issue like childbirth to J.D. Vance.
1: Right. Nothing.
0: Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Nothing. There you go.
2: Infuriating. <sighs> so, you know, that added to my fury.
1: Yeah.
0: This
2: yeah. Moderates. Moderates. <laughs> oh, there was one quote in it where she was, oh, I look, I don't remember the exact quote. It's not in front of me. But somebody was trying to get her, like they were trying to catch her in a gotcha moment about like, are you a this? Are you a that? Are you like with the squad? Are you not? And she was like, I'm a Democrat and moved on. Like that's how she like tried to shut somebody down. She is down. the
0: ultimate Democrat. <laughs> just an ineffectual person with no particular policy stances uh-huh. who is just in Congress.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: A Democrat. That's it. And in this article, <sighs> is snatching defeat from the jaws of victory repeatedly because it well, makes her seem pathetic. And it, she didn't need to seem pathetic. She could have just it, it, not why, been known. I mean, why? Why? Um, is the question it, is just why. Truly.
1: Um, whereas we suggested that you read the profile about JD Vance in Vanity Fair, uh, I would suggest not reading the no, profile. Don't. Of bother. It's, it's so involved. long. It's so long,
2: and it says nothing.
0: <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Just a lot oh of lines.
1: On to page six, news. Most importantly, (laughs) (laughs) the Conways are divorcing.
0: Finally, it's about time. I mean, how did they stick together through that whole Trump administration? So long. They're.
1: They made it through that whole.
0: I feel like they've really decided. All the things that Claudia the entire
1: administration, all of COVID, and now in the year of our Lord twenty twenty three, they're getting divorced. It's so
0: confusing. Yeah, (laughs) why now? It really, truly is. The fact that they got married in two thousand one makes a lot of sense to me because I feel that they are just sort of like. The they're the, the power couple, yeah, of the era. They're like the post nine eleven era, it like in one uh, uh-huh. family, the Giuliani
2: uh, the, the, mayor, yeah,
0: the, mm. right? Like they're they're sort of like they're like the uh, sort of like post nine eleven Giuliani era, like national Giuliani era, like just like everything about them, fifth wave American colonialism, yes, I, I like, don't, I don't like all of that one it, up. like they, they really <laughs> wait, wait, like perfectly articulate what was so weird about the last twenty years together and I feel that we are moving into a new sort of like post-pandemic slash perma-pandemic era Mm -hmm. and that maybe this era sort of like needed to conclude for them Mm. because this new era is the kind of era where like a different confusing couple has to be
1: (laughs) oh I wonder who that'll be
2: I know I'm excited to find out yeah um, I'm hoping it's... Maybe Lauren Underwood yeah. will get married and have that child and it then It was like
1: be how married. Gavin Newsom <laughs> and... Oh, yeah. uh, I can
0: imagine her getting it's like, more interesting. It's like, like how is. Gavin
1: Newsom and Kimberly Guilfoy were able yes. to be together for <gasps> yes. quite some time. No, yes.
0: there's like always... And that's a perfect encapsulation of the yeah. era prior to 2001. Like, mm-hmm. that, that era is perfectly encapsulated by their marriage. And I feel like we need to sort of keep our eye on who's coming up in the sort of yeah. post-Bowling Green Massacre era <laughs> of, of <laughs> politics. But like, oh, the, the Conways, I feel, it feels right to me that they concluded now, now that it's like obviously time for something yeah. new to start. Sure. And I hope...
1: It's her Fox News punditry career.
0: Yeah, exactly. I hope that this is a sign that... Wait, the, is she not a Fox News pundit? No,
1: she is. No, she oh, is. No, she not, oh, yeah, she wasn't I mean, until I she mean, was. Right.
0: Well, always. Um, but like... I, yeah, I feel like they've traded places, pundit-wise. Like they've, she's become the pundit after Con George was the pundit for yeah. uh, so long. But I, I feel like this also is maybe to me a death knell to the Trumpism era. And while mm. we could end up with something worse, so I'm not here to say that things are going to be great now. I do feel like this says to me that the moment in time that created a Donald Trump is ending.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: That is very hopeful. I'm a hopeful person, you guys. I'm an optimist. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I often, as I rail about how terrible everything is, have to also... Uh, remember
1: the wise words of Carla Nordstrom. Remember the
0: wise words of Carlin Nordstrom. <laughs> that, but, that there's nothing more optimistic than being a progressive.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I was thinking that the, uh, about the... Um, nothing, nothing can't, can't be, be undone. undone.
0: Another yeah. wise... She's a philosopher, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of Carlin Nordstrom truisms that we repeat on this podcast <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. What I think is... <clears throat> I would like to
2: go on the record as saying that I approve of all Carlin Nordstrom isms. Yes. Oh, I think it's no. right, too. Yeah.
0: You want to mm-hmm. make sense as a person. Mm-hmm um what's so great about the conway divorce announcement was something that one (sighs) sasha mizel pointed out to us as we were reading the tweet speaking of joy and optimism speaking of joy and optimism (laughs) they said that they were in the quote final stages of an amicable divorce but then they wrote we married more than two decades ago and cherished the many happy years and four corgis we've shared and above all else, our four incredible children, <laughs> who remain the heartbeat of our family and our top priority. Seems like, despite yeah. being mentioned after. Right. right. Just, despite they despite mentioned being mentioned the before
1: priority. their. <laughs> in, writing, in writing this we very sentence.
2: <laughs> and also, we have four children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who are not the corgis. Who are not the mentioned The four, corgis four mentioned corgis. corgis. Yeah. The most important... The lights of our lives. Oh, right. They should really say four human children. That's right. Oh, yeah. Because oh, incredible yeah. children, they could be referring to the corgis. That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean... Well, maybe that was intentional. That might have been... Because we know the relationship Claudia with at least Manda. Claudia has, has been fraught, That's so right, yeah. um, they may have been referring to the Corgis. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, I need to get everybody's thoughts on yes. this because this is the thing that I have been. This is, uh, you know, my partner and I talk about this when we are yeah. at dinner a lot. There has been a thing that is happening online right now that has caused a lot of debate. Where Joe and Joe Biden went to dinner the other night and ordered the exact same thing. Sure. How do we feel about this? Everybody? I feel
2: fine. I don't give a fuck.
1: You Couldn't feel fine and great about it. Yeah, yeah,
2: I mean, who gives? Who cares? I'm at dinner. I want to order something. Oh, oh, you want to order that same thing? Wow, look how in sync
0: we are. Sometimes who cares? you want your own plate.
1: See, well, yeah. I'm fine with it. I completely agree. I usually am. I always want to order different cocktails. Oh, because sure. Because I just want to be tasting the cocktails. Yes.
2: Honestly, I don't care either way. Get whatever you want. If it happens to be the same as me, fantastic. But I also ideas.
1: think that, like, <laughs> if I am really wanting something specific and that's what I want. I'm not going to order the different thing right. because
0: yeah, you're that's also, also
1: because somebody else is also That is
2: lunacy. It. The op- I don't think it
1: is too. Having yeah.
2: the opposite thought of what they did yeah. is the crazy thing to I'm do. I'm going to
1: have to, to demand. To specifically
2: not order what I want right. simply because you are also ordering it. I'm
1: going to have to warn my boyfriend not to listen to this portion of this podcast. No. <laughs> is,
2: is he adamant on the other side?
1: Adamant.
2: I feel. Oh. And like
1: finds it. Wholly unacceptable.
2: I didn't even know this could be a controversy. This is something, I, this was news to me that people cared. Sasha and I went to dinner last night and ordered the
0: same
1: thing. <laughs> oh, you did? No,
2: oh, no, you got lamb and I got No, beef. we didn't. Oh. She got a beef ragu, I got a lamb ragu. Oh. And you had like a tagliatelle and I had a. Where did you
1: guys go for dinner? Like?
2: Something like that. We went to Italian. Where, we, where did we go? We went to Taroni. We went
0: to Taroni. We oh, to Taroni, of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah, okay. We wanted carbs. Oh, when know. this podcast's over, I mean, you have to tell pasta. me how to get
1: into horses.
0: Oh. <laughs> Oh, he's announcing I mean, that on the podcast just say, in case a listener wants I mean,
1: the to po- also share that information. The podcast is it's still very happening. Easy. So you can tell me right now. I just asked you. But I don't, do- I
2: don't I don't want to give out
0: my actual secrets. Oh, yeah. Okay,
1: all right. Yeah, then we'll definitely.
0: I think an important thing to note here. I'll I do also want to sound mysterious.
1: I'll tell the I listeners to how to do it after I go. <laughs> right. But until then, you're not going to know you're what never the secret is know. because I can't get in. So there you go.
0: I feel that the ultimate only child move in any kind of dinner thing also is to like want your plate if you want your plate
1: well that's very true
0: like i'm not trying to share a meal that i don't want to share there are right. times i don't mind sharing a meal oh
1: i will also happily and i just did this i was on a trip i mean it was a work trip but like yeah. i will happily take myself to dinner also yeah absolutely and then just order like Another four thing things and eat I didn't half a so like, problem. You no
0: know, <laughs> that's people have why
2: do you think the bar exists the wrong. bar exists
0: to get yourself food that's right like you don't need, you can be alone at the bar you can be alone at the bar but yeah, I feel that there are times that I go to dinner and regardless, people can do anything that they want. This yeah. is really mean. I want my meal. But I'm going to say it anyway. You Love know who it. probably never eats alone at the bar?
1: Who? Yeah.
2: Lauren Underwood. That's oh. so true. And she could probably.
1: She could. She might meet true, somebody eating might, alone at the bar. A true
2: joy in life is being like, I'm hungry. I don't want to cook for myself. I'm going to go eating out. Eating
1: alone at the bar is a very easy way to talk to everyone else that's right, like eating I,
2: at
0: the I, I don't want to sit at a table. No,
1: that's
2: I uncomfortable. Love
0: sitting at a bar and just chit chatting with strangers because you're at the bar together—that's amazing. It's one of life's great joys. Exactly. Yeah, I bet. She maybe she hasn't heard about it. Maybe oh, she comes man. from a no eating alone family. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, Doesn't she, she come like
1: from suburban Chicago? Like, yeah, yeah. Probably eating at. It's not, no, you can't be I mean, eating at
0: the bar of Olive Garden. No. <laughs> or wherever people, I don't know where people sure. eat in the suburbs. Maybe that was offensive. Maybe not. I would like I don't to say that
2: when I was in Upstate New York, I ate at the bar like a TGI Fridays all the time. It was they went, It was there. Oh, it was oh. a bar. Yeah. Was you, the food great? No. Yeah. But I ate there. Right. <laughs> but you still yeah. you needed somewhere to yeah. eat. Mm-hmm. They had a bar, they had a chatty bartender. Yeah. And you know, you I did not want to make dinner for Well when you're at Applebee's
1: time. you're a neighbor. Oh, always family. Yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I've been to an
0: Applebee's one time <laughs> in my life, guys. Also this And it was in Applebee's? <laughs> in the World Trade Center. <laughs> oh,
1: oh man. Well. Bye guys. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast over. Anyway. We'll um, talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks Sasha. Yeah, wait, thanks. wait. Oh, uh, where where do people Are you hawking anything on this podcast? Or are you no, just no. just here to yell about stuff? You're fucking
0: hating moderates yeah. and
1: that's yeah. all
2: that really matters. Yeah. Moderates bother me. I am on all the social medias. I post nothing. I follow everyone. Yeah, you're a lurker. That's what I do. I am a hardcore time, yeah. lurker. I love it. I yeah. will never be convinced otherwise. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Um, fine. yeah. It's the right way to live. So don't find me. I'm <laughs> <literally
1: a lot. laughs> Sasha, who?
2: Until next
0: time. Have a great life. Bye.